Welcome to Linda's Corner. My name is Linda Bjork, and today we're going to be talking about decluttering our lives. I'm delighted to welcome special guest, Gail Wood. Gail is a renowned massage therapist. She is also a certified Feng Shui consultant, best-selling author, teacher, and coach who helps people shift their beliefs, declutter anything that's no longer serving them, and take action to create the business and life they desire. You can reach Gail at her website, elevatewithgail.com, and I'll include a link in the description. Welcome, Gail. I'm so glad that you could join with me today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad we're going to talk about some of my favorite topics. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad because that just makes everything so much more exciting when the people talking about it are excited. And so I would love, if I can, to first kind of hear a little bit about your story because you've taken some twists and turns into what you were doing before and to what you are doing now. You are this renowned massage therapist. I got to see the magazine of, of that you were on the cover of, of Massage Magazine, and, and that was really awesome. And, and you're in the Massage Hall of Fame, which I didn't even know existed. So I've been learning things that's really cool. And now you're doing, you know, this decluttering and you're also doing this online business and that's not quite as hands-on as massage is, but it's a little more COVID friendly. So I would love to see what brought you where you are today. Yeah. So, you know, I've been a massage therapist. I'm still a massage therapist. I'm still licensed. I'm just not practicing much um, since I was 19 years old. Wow. Yeah, I'm 47 now. So quite a few years in the massage industry. And about 15, 17 years in, I just really felt like, okay, there's more for me. You know, I was a massage therapist, then I was an est- I'm also an esthetician doing skincare and facials. I own my own spa. I worked in a lot of different high-end resorts and things. And I learned so much, you know, marketing my business, starting a business, um, you know, working with different types of clientele and learning so many different services, I thought, you know, I could really help a lot of massage therapists. It's an industry where people tend to struggle. Really? The business side of things. Business side, okay. It attracts people that just love doing the massages and they're so good at that, but they don't have a business mind necessarily. Ah. And I found that that was the part that I just loved. I didn't realize I had a business mind till until I was in it and doing it. And I thought, gosh, this is so, it was so interesting to me. And I loved learning about marketing and figure out what worked and what didn't work and learning about copywriting and stuff that probably most massage therapists would, you know, not like to do. <laughs> Isn't it true where we kind of have a, an idea of, of, or a focus or where we have our strengths and our weaknesses? How marvelous that your strengths are able to share with other people. Yeah. That's really cool. And so I just, you know, I started seeing, just being on Facebook and stuff, people with eBooks and, and these online courses. And I just thought, you know, I wonder if I could do that too. And so I bought a, a start your online business course, this lady, she was kind of a hippie. So I kind of resonated with her, um, <laughs> I was teaching cool. this course. And she said, well, first thing you want to do is start a blog. And I was like, well, she said, start a blog. So I'm going to start a blog. And I just kind of went step by step. And it just kept expanding and growing into more than I ever could have thought. Um, so I, I started my blog, wrote my first ebook. I'll never forget selling my first copy of my first ebook for 1995. 
and just the light bulbs going off. If I can sell this to one person for 1995, what if I could sell it to a thousand people for 1995? And it was just like, whoa, that I was just like, all my business is for me. <laughs> <laughs> so, and again, it was just another, another arena where I could just keep learning and growing because there's always something new to learn and to try. Isn't that wonderful that we can keep learning and growing even when you start at 19 and you keep on going and you've been doing this and you've got it down pat and yet there's still more things that you can learn and grow. Love it. So let's talk about one of your ebooks. I noticed that you have an ebook that's available for free on your website about decluttering your schedule, I think it is. So what kinds of things are in that? Um, Well, this came about... Actually, in in 2019, right before our our whole pandemic experience, (laughs) I had my online business. You know, I have a son. He was really busy with after-school activities. And I had gotten my feng shui certification. And I just really, I was like, I you know, I need to run my current business because that's how I earn my money and take care of my family. But I want to start a second business. And I just thought, how am I going to have two businesses and be a mom? Like that's a lot. (laughs) And I thought if I could just find 10 hours a week to devote to this new project, I would be so happy. Um, And I started looking at everything I did all day, every day. And, and, and looking at too, like, am I doing a lot of stuff that I'm just doing it out of habit or because I think nobody else can do it or because I've just always done it that way. You know, and I began to find all these little areas where I'm like, I don't have to do this. I've been doing this since my kids were two. They're not two anymore. (laughs) And I just found a lot of things that I could declutter. And I really kind of stepped into my own, you know, confidence and asking my husband, you know, can you do two days a week of after school activities? And I asked him to do one and he actually said, I'll do better than that. I'll do two. Wow, what a lovely And I kind of thought, I was like, oh, I was nervous to ask him. I was like, I don't know. You know, he runs his own business. He might not be able to do it. But I thought, wait, one day a week. You know, he's his own boss. He could take off one day a week at three and do the afternoon running around, taxiing. (laughs) And so he agreed on two days a week. Um, So then I had two days a week where I was alone from 7 a.m. till 7 p.m. Wow. And I had had that in 20 years since I had my daughter. <laughs> um, and so it just really opened up, you know, like, oh, well, that worked. So what else could I maybe declutter or streamline or rejig? So I looked at, you know, cooking and how we were doing our meals. Um, do I need to cook seven nights a week? No, I enjoy cooking. I love cooking, but I get burnt out on it. And it becomes something I have to do instead of something I get to do or want to do. So I just found a lot of little ways to rearrange things and open up time that I could work on my businesses, go for a walk with a friend, go get a massage. (laughs) Oh, that's lovely. You certainly deserve a massage because you're on the giving end so many times. How marvelous. So is the process then first to observe what your schedule is and uh then to look for spaces that you can let go? And isn't it interesting that we find things so hard to let go? And I loved when you were giving your description of the day, which was busy, so, so full, that you're thinking, am I the only person that can do this? 
Because I think a lot of times we think, man, if I don't do it, it won't get done. Or if I don't do this and the consequence is going to be, you know, catastrophic, the the sun is going to stop. And, you know, I don't know what we're thinking, but in our heads, all of those kinds of things make perfect sense. When you say it out loud, not so much. Yeah. And uh, and so a part of it too is just occasionally I lower my standards. For <laughs> <No>. <laughs> All right, give me an example of lowering your standards. Does that mean you don't have to be perfect, or does that mean you just be yeah. a slovenly pig? I mean, what where where are we looking at? For me, it means I don't have to be perfect. I'm a little OCD about uh-huh. my house, <laughs> especially being a feng shui consultant. I'm like, this is important, but you can also blow things out of proportion. You know, my son's room, I try to ignore it every that two weeks. I'm like, you have is to clean what your room. doors are for. Don't you think that's what doors are yeah. for is for kids' bedrooms. <laughs> and, and, you know, I'm very, I'm very lucky. I have somebody right now that cleans my house, but when I don't, I do help. I do lower my standards because I'm like, I don't have five hours a week to clean. And maybe every two or three weeks we could do a, you know, we do like a big family cleaning day when we're all happen to be home on a Saturday morning. And other than that, you know, I kind of just have to do maintenance. It does get to where it bothers me and I have a tipping point, but you know, it doesn't have to be up to my, I guess, normal standards. Well, if your normal standard is perfection, (laughs) then I'm very proud of you for relaxing that a little bit, because I think that can add a lot of stress to our lives. And I love some of the things that you brought out. Like it doesn't have to be perfect because I know a lot of people struggle with perfectionism in different parts of their lives and that there are things that we can hire out. I was talking to a big part of decluttering my schedule. Isn't that amazing? But just opening up the idea that that is a possibility. I was talking to a, a young mother once and she was, she has cancer and she was struggling with all of the things that needed to be done and her limited amount of time that she felt good enough to do anything. And she's a mom and she's got little kids and unfortunately a limited amount of time. And as we were talking about things and keeping the house was really hard for her. And I said, then hire it out. You don't have to do that. The one thing that you can't hire out is this time with your kids and being a mom. And, and it just kind of, she just thought, really? I'm allowed to do that? I'm like, heck yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the thing. We can have our identity tied up in these things that we do. Like if you think good moms keep a perfect house and then your house isn't perfect, then you're like, then you have this story in your mind that now you're not a good mom. Right. If house not clean, then not good mom. Well, that is a a dumb plan. Let's just throw the whole thing out and say, good mom means that you love your kids and you're interested in them and you're spending some time with them. And and this other stuff is just like, you know, sprinkles on the cake. They're beautiful. They're wonderful. They're marvelous, but it's not the basis. So awesome. Good for you. I'm proud of you. Yeah. I think, and one thing I had to look at because it can be hard to outsource things, you know, we're on a budget and story. Well, you know, then that kind of, do I deserve to have this much help or can we afford it? And one thing I did was I sat down and I looked at my business and I came up with a number. My time is worth minimum $50 an hour. So I thought if I can hire it out for less than that, that's a smart business move. And so Mm -hmm. for me to make that connection in my mind, kind of help me to convince myself it's okay to outsource some of these things. And that's 
a win-win situation if it's providing income for someone else. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And then also it gives me, I feel like on the business side of things, then it gives me some extra motivation. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I got to get this job done so that somebody else can scrub my toilet. I'm, I'm yeah. down with that. <laughs> if I... For some reason, I can't pay myself for a few weeks, then I might have to make some changes. And I like what I have going on. (laughs) Right. That's lovely. Isn't it wonderful that there's more than one right way to do things? So as we're talking about budgeting and we're talking about things and budgeting our time and budgeting our money, and you mentioned that that balancing of where, where am I? Can I afford this? Is it worth it? I think it's a good idea to kind of look at where we are and say, is it? Can I? Rather than just saying, no, 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 or that's bad or whatever. But to take a, take a look. And I, I read one story where this woman, she, um, she would do the things that she needed to do. And sometimes when you're cleaning your own house, it's not very fun. It doesn't have the joy of doing some other things. And so she would pay herself and say, you know, I, right now I am Mrs. So-and-so and I am the house cleaner. And so she would clean it and then she'd write herself a check and said, okay, now this is my fun money. And so there are different ways to play with this scenario wherever you are economically. I mean, it could be, I I deserve a little treat after whatever. So I have done that same thing when I don't have a house cleaner. If I clean the house, then I go to TJ Maxx. (laughs) I'm a little spending. I'm like, I'm going to spend what I would have paid the house cleaner. (laughs) Well, good for you. I think that's lovely. And that's fun to do. Uh, The other thing I have found many, many times in my own life is when I look into doing something like that, I find out it doesn't cost as much as I thought. Ooh, what a lovely surprise. Uh Uh-huh. You know, so, um, you know, like I don't even, now it's very common to do the personal shopping at the grocery store. Yes, it is. But back when that first started, I was I thought it sounded kind of luxurious. Somebody goes around the store and picks out all your groceries for you and you just drive in and pick them up. And when I found out was it was only five dollars, I was like, Well, that's a no brainer. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. That's fantastic. You think personal shopper, it sounds so high end. <laughs> Yes, it does. And they've made it so economical and so helpful. I have a friend who is going back to school and working and doing all of these things. And she said, I'm never going to the store again. I love this so much. So, so that is awesome. What a wonderful thing to bring up. So we've been talking about uh, decluttering our time. Can we kind of move into our house now? How do we declutter our house and make it so it doesn't feel overwhelming? And how do we make things beautiful and so that they look good and they feel good and and all of that stuff. My best advice for that would be most people don't start because it's an overwhelming task, right? Because you think about decluttering the whole house. So I would definitely say pick an area that's bothering you and, you know, just do that. Do one drawer. And then that will start to shift your energy. Because now you're, so you, you shift your energy immediately from being somebody who should declutter and who wants to declutter to somebody who is decluttering. Is, is as soon as you grab that, you know, grocery store bag and put a few things in it, now you're, you're a person who is decluttering their house. And it could take a year to go through an entire house easily. If you've lived there for 10 or 15 years and you haven't done a good declutter, I mean, it can take a while. People have different levels of stuff. Um, But I would say start with things that you don't feel emotionally attached to. Mm. So kitchens are a good place to start. We're not usually 
super attached to our wooden spoons. <laughs> we did have 10 of them. And, and it's really a matter of thinking for my life, how many of these do I need? And we often have, you know, just 10 times more than we need of a given item. Like if you have 40 or 50 bath towels and three people in your house, well, I mean, give a little bit maybe of company occasionally, but really think about how many towels do I need? I own a washer and dryer. Um. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? You know, a lot of times we get in this mentality that more is better. Uh-huh. You know, if I have more, it's better. And it gives a feeling of, I don't know, wealth or something. Where, oh. And and to, to rethink that idea of enough is yeah. beautiful. Well, and then, and I think another thing that can be hard when people are decluttering is you think, well, if I get rid of these perfectly good towels and these towels over here wear out, I'll have to buy more. And so we want to save things, you know, but what I think is, okay, I'm, my mortgage is the amount that it is each month. If you break that down per square foot, <laughs> this is a great little, if you're like me, I'm kind of a geek when it comes to like figuring this stuff up, but you think I'm storing this old box of photographs and it's costing me this much money per year to store this old box of photographs when I could have something that I'm going to use or just have space to put things, you know, and utilize that space in a better way. So I think about what it's costing me to keep stuff, um, in that way. Also mentally having closets full of things that you know, need to be gone through. It's a mental drain. You know, you know, you have to go through that someday. If you just get it done and that is off your mind. Um, but as far as needing to buy new things later, we were just talking about, you said, how wonderful you can give somebody a job. So I kind of think about that. I'm like, well, I'll contribute to the economy later when I need new towels and I'll buy towels I like better than these towels that are in the current colors. Mm. Because like that, you know, so it's a bit of, you know, stepping into more of an abundance mindset to be able to let perfectly good things go because you don't need them right at that time. I'm so glad you brought up that word because I love it. I think what you're describing is here you are decluttering and letting things go. And we talked about that more isn't necessarily better. And now you're saying that this enough is a feeling of abundance. Isn't that beautiful? And isn't it funny that when we have a lot of stuff, which we think would be, you know, wealth or better or whatever, it's actually usually a feeling of scarcity. There's not enough. I won't be able to get more when I need it. And it really is. So it really is being, you know, a person of faith that you know you'll be provided for in the future. It's having faith that you'll be okay in the future. Isn't that wonderful? Okay. I like that. I like that a lot. Okay. So start with something that is not, that we don't have an emotional attachment like a kitchen and see how many wooden spoons we need and work our way through it and getting rid of things. And and then, um, so once I get my kitchen done, which I mean, it's going to take a really long time, then where, where would we go next? What are, what are like high emotional things or, you know, things that were emotional emotional things are things that were given to you as gifts things that maybe belong to family members that you loved, photographs, you know, things that we just, you know, like I have 
my grandma's kitchen scissors. Oh, that must be a dang good set of scissors. They're rusty. They're close to 100 years old. (laughs) And I will never declutter them. But that's just one special thing. Um, I've gotten rid of many of the other things that that I got from her because they're not my style. Right. And I thought, why why have them here in my house? I don't like them. They're not my style just because they belong to her. Maybe somebody else out there will love them. And that, to me, is more honoring of her. That her things are being used. Isn't that lovely? So I think sometimes because of this emotional attachment, when it's something like that, one kind of a a halfway point would be to take a picture of it and to say, okay, I have a picture of it. And then, and then write it down or remember, you know, this was grandma's da, 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 da. And then, and then there's a little bit less guilt, would you think maybe to say, okay, now let someone else use it, but I honored it. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great suggestion. And you could turn even, you know, a whole closet full of stuff into a little memento album, you know, and then you might find, I think you would probably find a few years down the road that you're ready to let those pictures go as well, but it's a good stepping stone. And so we can do these little, you know, steps in the right direction things. Um, Again, you know, I have another thing I got a lot of from my grandma was linens. And, um, I didn't need them all. I don't use them, but I, I, you know, select a few that are special and keep those few and let the rest go. So it's not all or nothing. Decluttering never has to be all or nothing. Good thing. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not, I'm not a minimalist. I don't want to have one bowl and one spoon. (laughs) Take turns eating breakfast. (laughs) (laughs) So I think people do, I think people can confuse like, decluttering and having less stuff with minimalism Mm. and that's a whole nother level (laughs) that's a whole nother lifestyle so and I think you could probably even go kind of in a a spiral thing where you're ready to just pick up the pick up the trash or pick up the whatever and and then if you're ready to go a little deeper or if you realize hey I haven't used this or hey I haven't done whatever so I have heard of a of a little trick for like clothes that if you put all the clothes in your closet with the hangers on backwards yeah, and then as you use them, then you just put them back in the right way. And then after a year, you find out, Oh, I did not wear these clothes for a whole year. So it's not that, Oh, I'm waiting for the season or, Oh, I'm waiting for the, this It's like, I don't wear these. And that yeah. is a helpful thing to realize. Let's let someone else enjoy them. And that's why I like to declutter clothes at the end of each season because you can often remember, like, did I wear that at all this winter? Uh-huh. Did I wear that sweater one time? I don't think I did. Let it go. And the thing is, one year I decluttered all my winter coats one spring. <laughs> I'm just like, I hate all these winter coats. I've had them for 10 years. And then the next winter came and I was like, where are my winter coats? <laughs> but necessity... You know, even though maybe a winter coat wasn't in my new in my budget exactly, I needed one, and I went and bought one. You know, so again, it's back to that that trust thing that you'll figure it out when the time comes. Isn't that interesting? That idea of um, having that that something is going to come and that it'll it'll be okay, and that when you let it go, I mean, you might have thought, oh, I do not like any of these coats. I really don't. I would really like to get a new coat. But yeah. you just put the one that you have, right? Versus when, okay, now they're gone. Now you get a coat maybe that you like. 
I heard yeah. a story from Bob Proctor. He was talking to his aunt and, and she said, I hate these curtains. They're so awful. I hate them. And he says, well, no, you like them. He said, no, I don't. I hate them. He says, no, you like them because they're still there. You mean, if you want new curtains, yeah. you can't, you're not going to get new curtains while the old ones are hanging. And so she thought, well, you're weird, but she took them down and, and gave them away. And then she found a way to get new curtains. And he said she was having so much fun with it. When he came next, her furniture was gone because it was like, I won, you know. <laughs> So just playing with the idea that there, we live in an abundant world and there is enough and that we can even have the things that we desire, which is a, is a, a mental shift. And it's interesting. There's so many stories of people who, you know, decluttered all their clothes and then suddenly, you know, got an unexpected check in the mail. Now, I can't guarantee that those things will happen, but I do think no. that there's, there's an energy aspect to it that... When you start letting things go, um, it opens up some kind of universal flow. <laughs> yeah, I guess kind of like if we have, if we do want flow, we have to have an inlet and an outlet. Yeah. We have to not be afraid to let things go. And I think that's really the, the direction we're going with decluttering. It's not just that, you know, check everything and hope that everything new shows up because it right. may not. But we right. can open up that valve and let some things go and, and give some room for some new things or some different things or more space in our, our minds or in our hearts. Yeah. Um, and, and on a real practical level, more space in our homes. You know, how often are we like, oh, I, you know, I wish I had a room to do my crafts in or a room to exercise in or an office space? Well, most of us don't need a new and bigger house. We could make that right where we are mm. um, with some creativity and rearranging and decluttering. I like that. You just saved a whole lot of money by not having to buy a new house. <laughs> that is fantastic. And even if you still want the new house, if you're doing the things that you want to do in your new house, it's not going to ha have that... Um, energy of like, oh, I've got to have a new house, that scarcity energy of I want a new house so I can do the things I want to do. It'll be, I want a new house from a place of just wanting to expand and, and grow and move, move on with your journey. Isn't that lovely? You know, as we're talking about houses and decluttering, um, where I live, there's a thing called Pride of Homes. I guess there are home shows all over the place, but we like to go and, and see all these lovely things. And my home is not very large, but it's just right. And we have flexible things like you, this room is used for this and it's used for that and the other. And we come back and we say, oh man, this home has A, B, C, D, all this cool stuff. And I thought, I have that too, but it's different. It's just multi-purpose, multi-functioned and in a third of the space. And I still yeah. love it. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, and then even looking at, like, I don't know, a home with a formal dining room. If you don't eat formally, take the dining table out. Do something else with that room. I think people are more open to doing that these days than they used to be. Right. Um, years ago, I think people are more creative with their spaces in general. Isn't that wonderful? That is yeah. so cool. Well, do you want to give us one or two feng shui tips before we go, or do you have anything else you want to share? Um, I would say for feng shui, well, decluttering, I think, is step one for, for feng shui. Well, we've been talking about it the whole time then. Good job, us. Yeah. And then um, <laughs> and then step two would just be, you know, I look at feng shui as it's kind of like turning your house into a vision board. 
So bringing in some of, some of the things that you want to create in your life. You know, if you love to go to the beach, you'll make a little area of your house that's more beachy, you know? So just bringing in a lot of some of the qualities that you desire in your life. You know, if you want more abundance, think about what makes you feel abundant and have, you know, symbols of those things around. So to me, feng shui is very energetic, very intentional, very symbolic. So it's about, you know, going through the different areas of life. In feng shui, we work with nine different areas of life, but, um, but bringing in symbols of those areas. That is cool. And we start with decluttering. So there's space for some of yeah. those symbols of the things that we want and the things that bring us joy. I love that you said, this is what brings me joy. Like if it's a beach thing, this makes me happy. Mm-hmm. Bringing things in that make us happy. That's lovely. Yeah. Well, thank and not you. worrying about if it's the latest, you know, style or if it goes together perfectly or anything like that. Like, does it make you happy that it's probably good feng shui? <laughs> <laughs> Wow, isn't that a wonderful thing to say that it it's okay that it's not, you know, perfect or the latest style or someone else's expectation. It's what brings me joy. Yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. Wow. Well, Gail, thank you so much for visiting with me today. I really appreciate that. Yes, yeah, so fun. Thanks for having me. It was great meeting you and chatting with you. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. In closing, I'd like to share a quote by Peter Walsh. He said, clutter is not just the stuff on your floor. It's anything that stands between you and the life you want to be living. Today, I invite you to clean out the clutter from your house and also from your beliefs so that you can live your dream life. See you next time on Linda's Corner. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of Linda's Corner, please share and subscribe to help us reach new listeners. I also invite you to check out my nonprofit, Hope for Healing, at the website hopeforhealingfoundation.org for free ebooks, free audiobooks, and other free resources to help increase happiness, build confidence and self esteem, strengthen relationships, manage stress, and calm feelings of depression and anxiety. I also invite you to grab a copy of one of my books, like Crushed A Journey Through Depression, or Amazon bestseller You Got This, an action plan to calm fear, anxiety, worry, and stress. See you next time on Linda's Corner.